the Slalom Daily Dose. I'm your host, Prati Kanodia, and today we're speaking with Dr. Molly Coy. Molly, welcome on the Slalom Daily Dose. We're so excited that you're here and sharing your time with us. Thank you very much. As you know, I, a couple of weeks ago, spent time with Slalom and some of your colleagues and really enjoyed it, so I'm glad to be here. Thank you. Let me start by introducing Dr. Coy. Dr. Molly Coy is on the boats of Ginger, an on-demand behavioral health provider, a medicist, a large home health and hospice provider, and Consejo Sano, a patient engagement support provider, and is also the founder and former CEO of HealthTech, a nonprofit center that became the premier U.S. forecasting organization for emerging technologies in healthcare. She has also served as Chief Innovation Officer for UCLA Health, is currently executive in residence at Avia and served for 14 years as a member of the board of directors of Aetna Inc. Dr. Coy was previously the commissioner of health for the state of New Jersey and director of health services for the state of California. And as a member of the Institute of Medicine, co-authored the seminal reports to Air is Human and Crossing the Quality Chasm. She also recently received the inaugural she Powers Health Award by Livongo at the HLTH conference in Las Vegas. This award recognizes individuals who are making a significant impact on people's health, empowering women, and modeling diversity and inclusion in the workplace. I am simply honored to be speaking with you today, Molly. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> um, so clearly you've touched uh, the entire healthcare ecosystem as a physician, investor, innovator, board member, policymaker, and as a leader of a large health system. What role has been most fulfilling to you, and what role has been most enlightening to you? Okay, well, those are two different kind of questions, and <laughs> let's start with fulfilling. And I think my answer to that is often surprising to people, because for me, it was government service. As health director in the state of California, we had a budget of $18 billion and the largest Medicaid program in the country. In New Jersey, I was state health commissioner, and my purview there included all of mental health as well, which was very important to me since my mother was a mental health social worker. Mm -hmm. And in both of those situations, we were able to do groundbreaking work that affected the population of entire states. And so if you have the opportunity to work in government service at a high enough level eventually that you can make changes mm -hmm. and you are in sync with your administration so that they support what you want to do, it is enormously fulfilling. And I tell people in our part of the industry now in digital health that just imagine if someone said, well, for the next five or 10 years, your service will become one of the core elements of improving the health of an entire state. That's mm -hmm. not bad. Yeah. So I really found those experiences very, very fulfilling. Um, in terms of enlightening, I would have to say it definitely is going to work within provider organizations. As you outlined, I was innovation officer at UCLA Health. 
I also was EVP of a multi-hospital community hospital system in California and ran a medical group in an IPA. So I've sort of looked at all these different levels. Right. And I also have done a lot with safety net hospitals and FQHCs. Mm-hmm. And the overarching thing you learn is that the complexity is overwhelming and the failure of alignment of incentives for any of those systems mm-hmm. with the actual health of their patient population is really frustrating to the the providers and the staff involved in many of those organizations, too. Mm-hmm. It's one of those perfect storms where we're getting exactly what the system was designed to do, which is unfortunately not supporting the health of communities. Yeah, and you know that's why it's it's so important as I as I embark on some of the questions that I'm about to ask you is to understand from your perspective. You've clearly touched so many aspects and uh, you know healthcare from so many different aspects, right? You I call it like putting the puzzle together. So you've been putting the puzzle of this healthcare ecosystem from a diverse perspective, and you've been doing that over decades, right? What puzzle pieces are still missing? to creating a working healthcare ecosystem for everyone. You mentioned the complexity is overwhelming. There is clearly failure happening in terms of aligning incentives, right? Um, what are some of the other puzzle pieces that are that are missing? Right. Well, I think that we actually have the nascent pieces that have proven themselves in many places mm-hmm. in smaller ways than a national scale. So you could look at Kaiser Permanente, which is certainly not a small system, but on the other hand, it's only touching, I'm guessing, 2 to 5% of the population at most mm-hmm. in the U.S. And here's a system that probably is best aligned of the provider and plan systems that you could look at. And it's not surprising that on prevention and customer or patient experience, that they do very well, that we know how to do good care. We know how to prevent illness. Mm -hmm. What we don't have is the alignment so that actually we have the opportunity to do that. Right. And so I'm very excited about um, major changes happening in the traditional health plans, in the new innovative health plans that have been created, and the medical groups that have decided to take on delegated risk. Now, getting delegated risk is not always easy. Mm -hmm. But when they manage to do that, now with what we know and the tools that we have for managing populations, there are real opportunities to make a difference. Another piece that is enormously important is the government policies and regulations. Mm -hmm. So when CMS issues new reimbursement policies that support preventive care, remote management, and monitoring, improve mental health access. Those pieces are very important, too. There isn't time to list every piece, Mm -hmm. but I think government policy and regulation, the entire reimbursement system in alignment with the purpose of improving health, and the leadership of multiple organizations getting into alignment, being able to work together better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We've got a pretty perfect logjam right now. That's right. 
alignment and having been working in the corporate world for some time, I, I know that that's one piece that always moves the needle ultimately, but takes a long time and a lot of effort to, to actually make that happen. So you hinted at this earlier a little bit, right? The government um, needs the government policy and regulations, right? So the government leaders from the government. Um, you mentioned health plans, right? Um, wh which players should come on board um, to truly solve these these puzzle pieces? Well, the traditional uh, process that we see for important change mm -hmm. is often that you may or may not have some academic research or small demos of a particular change. But ultimately, the employers are often, the large employers are the ones who will support, purchase, initial innovations that are really going to make a difference. And you see the earlier employer coalitions in the last 10 years and then individual employers really and still being very important in this process. Mm -hmm. And then government and the health plans learn from that. And depending on the change, it may be that the large plans adopt it as the employers have demonstrated it. And in some cases, of course, the plans are out there first. Mm -hmm. And then eventually it goes to government, because if it doesn't go to government, if government doesn't enforce it, when government is more than 50% of the spend in the country, mm -hmm. and government policy can be the refuge of those who don't want the change, don't want the accountability, right? you have to have the government policies change. Mm -hmm. And so those are the major pieces, but the advances in technology itself are absolutely critical. We could have jumped up and down 10 years ago, but the technology wasn't ready in many ways, mm -hmm. particularly the consumer-facing technologies that could be used for self-management and to prevent high utilization and adverse outcomes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, thank you for that. was very helpful. So clearly employers play a huge role in making sure they come on board and are able to offer the incentives to truly impact the care um, for their employees and, and the people at large, right? And then the health plans and the government. But ultimately, the government needs to play a big role in, in shifting things so that we can truly provide the preventative care, the right incentives at the right time to deliver care to, to the population at large. You mentioned technology and um, how the advances in technology have now enabled access to care, right? Um, there's a lot of emerging technologies out there that are uh, providing a, creating a lot of good solutions, right? So AI, ML-based technologies that are now uh, being used uh, quite rapidly in healthcare across the board, right? Is technology the solution to uh, solving problems or is technology a tool? But then there's a lot more around it that needs to come together to truly move the needle in healthcare. Well, the the traditional and very common sense answer is that, of course, technology is a tool and that it's the culture and the leadership and, you know, incentives and everything else that comes into play. And many, many companies and people have stubbed their toe or broken their nose on trying to just make technology the solution. Yeah. On the other hand, I think it's really exciting to see where technology advances are so tremendous that you actually create new possible business models and work processes. Let me give a few quick examples. Sure. When Apple Health Record basically created technically the potential for a patient to say, 
to all their providers, I want all your records in one place mm -hmm. where I can access them. Mm -hmm. Even if it's not perfect and there's lots of slow stumbling on the way there, that creates a breakthrough possibility. Mm -hmm. um, there is a company which I have no connection to called Bui Help, which has created for consumers an interactive quasi-diagnostic software as a process of triage so that a consumer can come on and instead of going to WebMD or the Mayo Clinic site, which isn't interactive, mm -hmm. go to Bowie and come up with the probable diagnoses mm -hmm. and probable level of urgency and where should you go for care and how urgent is it. That has been so satisfying to consumers that over 25 million, and this is data about six months old, mm -hmm. over 25 million had used it in the first 15 months that it wow. was available. Yeah, that's amazing. So I think you can create these moments where the technology enables a solution that simply wasn't possible before. That's true. Uh, creating moments where technology enables a solution that wasn't possible before. That, that's exactly right. And I do, I, I fundamentally believe, as you said, yes, you know, there are so many emerging technologies and, you know, healthcare is usually the last to adopt um, what's, what's latest. And so we're finally now on it. And then there's tons of innovation happening utilizing technology. But as you highlighted, the culture, the leadership of these companies um, matter greatly in, in truly seeing these technologies come to life, um, having the right user experience to making sure that the technology gets adopted by the consumer, and I love that you're referring to them as consumers because a lot of times we say patients. And uh, maybe I'll ask a quick question around that. So what are your thoughts around you know, seeing uh, patients? Do you see more yeah. as designing for patients or designing for consumers? Well, it, when you're trying to change the experience of people who need to be in the hospital, well, they're patients then, and it's fine. Mm -hmm. But so much of the rest of the time, they're consumers. And I originally trained in family medicine and now I'm on the advisory board of a company, 98.6, which does entirely text-based primary care. So it's my younger colleagues who are now the staff of this company doing primary care where they can actually provide care for 95% of the diagnoses that would have come otherwise into an office to mm -hmm. see a physician. Mm -hmm. So this is a huge change. And... It is really a change in the culture of the professions. It's just beginning. Mm -hmm. This only costs a dollar a day wow. for the, each employee who uses it. Mm -hmm. So it's gathering steam. But you can imagine the change this is for the profession. Mm -hmm. And these are highly trained primary care physicians from the best institutions. Mm -hmm. And it's really exciting to see. Yeah, this and change. I would think that you know things like physician burnout and, and the burden that the office has is also yes. greatly reduced as, yes. as a result of that. No, their right? own satisfaction so, is yeah, much, much their own higher. satisfaction is so much higher. Um, with that said, I would love to segue into um, the other aspects where you know you offer so much value to the community, to the leaders, um, especially women leaders. And you know you've you've spoken um, publicly about incorporating women and their perspectives in designing healthcare solutions, could you please share with us how do we elevate the role of women leaders in organizations? Well, it's certainly one of those situations where you could look half full, half empty, mm -hmm. because I look back and when I was commissioner in New Jersey, 
the only other women in a whole room full of all the CEOs of 100 hospitals in the state were two nuns who ran Catholic institutions. And, you know, this is, on the other hand, there are still an awful lot of executive rooms you go into which really have either no women or very small number. Mm -hmm. Women on boards is growing very fast. Women in the executive suite is inching up, Mm -hmm. barely budging. Women training in the professions is very high. Mm -hmm. So in terms of how to elevate, I think we are seeing a real impact from requirements. California, and I am in California, Mm -hmm. and I supported the legislation, requires that women be appointed to the boards of publicly traded corporations. Mm -hmm. And I think there's good research, I know there is good research that when you get two or three women on a board, you get even a bigger positive impact than with just one woman. (laughs) So I think in every area, we should be looking at putting more teeth in the requirements that CEOs appoint more women to their executive ranks, Mm -hmm. because it's no longer true that the pipeline isn't there. Mm -hmm. That's right. And I love that you brought up, you know, ultimately the government and the legislation, and this is a theme that we're seeing throughout our conversation, is ultimately it has to happen at the government level. That's where it impacts the mass, right? And the mandate happens, essentially. So I love that. Um, there was a video that you recently did on um, on on Levongo's website. I, I noticed that, and this was right after receiving the She Powers Health Award um, at the H- HLTH conference in Las Vegas this year. And you said something like, "Don't bother thinking about a career. Think about the change you can make." And I absolutely fell in love with this quote. Can you elaborate on that for us and for our listeners? Well, it it sort of it got to be a a boiled down answer for me because so many younger women were talking to me about how hard it was to make decisions. And actually, to be fair, lots of men who came to see me too. <laughs> and, um, and my feeling was it, that when you look back on your career, the greatest satisfaction you'll have, and even if you assess it when you're 30 or 40 or 50, the greatest satisfaction was, boy, I really did something that mattered. What matters to you is your choice. It could be that I built a team that just sang, that just absolutely kicked ass Mm -hmm. in accomplishing what we wanted to. It could be changing legislation. Mm -hmm. But to care more about your purpose than about Specifically, well, in 10 years, I'm going to have this title, and in 15 years, I'm going to have that title. Mm -hmm. I think we're coming into a world where this is more and more accepted now. Yeah, and I love that you mentioned, you know, coming at it from the perspective of purpose. When you use purpose as a way of the guiding light to drive the decisions, I think you're you're heading in the right direction. And I always like to add, um, add passion to the purpose, and then it becomes more enjoyable. The journey becomes a lot more enjoyable. What is Molly outside of work? Oh. Um, well, I'm a fool for scuba diving, for mm-hmm. jazz, mm-hmm. and for cooking. So any of those in any order, but I would probably say actually the most satisfying to me is jazz and music of all types, but mm-hmm. particularly That's jazz. Awesome. Uh, my last question for you, and also one of my favorite questions, what's the most exciting health technology you use? Well, as a as a person running around all the time, mm-hmm. you know, very, very busy, I get the same 
almost same technology in two ways. I get my primary care through Kaiser using plain over old internal video mm. and email. And when I'm really in a hurry and I can't get through, I use 98.6 and I get really good care. So to me, it's just that accessibility. Come on, give it to mm-hmm. me when I need it. Yeah, walking the talk. You're yeah. using your own <laughs> technologies. I love it. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to be with us and share your expertise with our listeners. Uh, we are so excited that we got an opportunity to do this. Um, and we, we can't thank you enough. So thank you again for being on the Slalom Daily Dose. You're welcome. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Slalom Daily Dose. We hope you enjoyed it. We're on major streaming platforms, including Apple, Google, Spotify, and Stitcher. Please subscribe if you haven't already on your platform of choice. Listen to it and let us know what you think. And definitely feel free to share on social media if you enjoyed it. Thank you.